Hey folks, welcome to the Cripes Cast. This is the podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. We are brought to you by Jolly Good Soda, and here is today's episode. <laughs> folks, welcome to the Cripes Cast. Today we have Dexter Patterson on. He is a UW professor, and he is also the co-founder of BIPOC Birding Club Wisconsin. It is a birding club dedicated to bringing everybody uh, out into the woods to enjoy nature and the uh, beautiful art of birding. Uh, doesn't matter what your background is, uh, and uh, but specifically geared toward representing um, people of color out in the uh, out in the uh, out in the the woods and whatnot. And as a fellow bird nerd myself, it was just a pleasure to talk with Dexter. Uh, we we got talking about like there's been a lot of crazy bird things happening in Wisconsin this past year. Colleen, Colleen mm. is here, everyone, and um, you know we're like remember when the flamingos came in yeah. over Port Washington, yeah, and then up in Green Bay there was this that that spoonbill thing, um, ro- like I forget I forget how you pronounce it, but um, rose roseate I I forget, but you know what that's the cool thing about Dexter is if you mispronounce a bird or you forget the name of it or whatever, it's okay. It's like, it's all about just the joy of getting out there and the, the simple act of looking at a bird and going, oh yeah, that's a cool bird. That's it. That's the entry to birding. He's not a snob like you are. I'm not a snob. One time I was at Home Goods and I FaceTimed because I saw this cool like art for his apartment, for Charlie's apartment. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. FaceTimed him and I was like, yeah. hey, do you want this? And it was like a couple ducks and uh-huh. you were like, meh. <laughs> No, like, I don't want a basic duck. Is well, what you said. No, I'm, you were showing me two mallards. Okay, and it's not that I didn't want a picture of two. Mallards. I have several mallard pictures already. So <laughs> what I was saying is, for the money, I didn't. You know, yeah. I was like, let someone else have a mallard in their house. You know, this is interesting how you're like marketing it now. I'm I'm backpedaling a bit. Yeah, because you're like, mm, if I were basic, I'd want a mallard. That's what you Is that what I said? said? Pull up the text. Pull no, up the text. No, it was text. on FaceTime. Oh, so we can't prove it. Uh, you <laughs> Actually, can't prove I was it. with a friend. They were with me and they overheard you. Uh, call that friend up. Okay. No, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, what well, is a mallard? You know? Anyway. Anyway, you were like, if it were Merganser, I'd be talking. Oh, and yeah. I was like, yeah. You found me up. Because it's, it's very rare to find that, you know? Yeah. So maybe I am a snob. Maybe Dexter's teaching me that you don't have to be a snob. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm okay to admit I'm wrong. Say that one more time and we'll isolate that audio. Maybe underscore highlight. I am wrong. <laughs> okay. So uh, anyway. You got to nerd out with your bird friends. Got to nerd out with a fell bird nerd. It was super cool. I love that. I love it for me too. Um, and, and we're also going to do a video at some point. Ooh. I just got to find a little time for that. So, um, yeah, what else is cooking in the uh, Cripes Cast world, Colleen? Well, we just got off the road, did a fun stretch this past weekend. Um, we were in Marshfield. Uh, oh, we saw some cool birds. Saw some cool birds up in um, up in Houghton, Michigan. Mm, yeah. birds. Um, saw uh, a few different hawks. Saw a bald eagle on my way up. I do think I saw an osprey actually, but I wasn't sure. But I, you know, actually Adam driving back, dude saw a wolf. Yeah. Did he really? Yeah. I said, Adam, can I see the picture? He said, I didn't get a picture. I I have it up here. I said that didn't count. But he, that's so like Gen Z of you. I know. You can't just like live in the moment and let the picture last in your memory. No, I'm cool. I'm hip. <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah. You did that and then you went to Fish Creek. Went to Fish Creek and then coming up, uh, we got a show. We got other shows, folks. Uh CharlieBarons.com, ManitowocMinute.com. That's where you can find them. Cripescast.com. We got too many freaking websites, I think. Go to Cripescast.com and click on tour and it is updated. You will I don't think it's a bad thing to have multiple websites because then anybody can go anywhere and access it. Um, he has shows in Reedsburg, Wisconsin this weekend, but they're sold out. But the next ones are coming up in December. He's going to New York City and Eau Claire. Yeah. The Big Apples. The Big Apples. <laughs> the Big Apples. You know, going to all the big cities. And then in January, you're doing a run in North Dakota and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> in the housekeeping notes, Hannah goes, Colleen's birthday and lack of donuts. 
All right. <laughs> First of all, did I not send out today uh, buying lunch? I didn't get lunch because I told you I had lunch and I brought a lunch that I was excited about. So, what? so you and Bill are getting lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought no, you said you were getting lunch. No, so, and no, I tried no, no, getting listen. you donuts. Okay. I, I tried getting you donuts. They easy, were closed. Easy. So we're laughing though downstairs because um, yesterday I show up and John's like, hey, this place that we usually get our birthday donuts from, they're closed on Mondays. And I was like, totally fine. I, I like, brought banana bread. We have a thing. Yeah. And then today, well, the best part about yesterday is you come in and you're like, hey, did you get your birthday gift? And I was like, yeah. And then you go immediately looking for the donuts. Well, I was going to sing. you wanted a donut. No, 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 no. You we sing were going to sing. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have said Colleen. Happy no, it's fine. birthday to you, Colleen. You're done. It was Colleen's birthday, ladies and gentlemen. You only turned 26 once, but boy, we've been hearing about it for a week. So did you know that I did some nice things? I got you a present. I mentioned you on my Instagram story. I did some things. I did some things. I'm not, you know, I it, first of all, I felt I, I feel a little scotch bad. Because Colleen, anytime it's someone's birthday around the Cripes office, she takes it upon herself to just do the big celebration deal. Mm -hmm. And I tried. I tried. There were balloons out. And I said, that I blew up last week. Wow, for Dante's birthday, <laughs> yeah. which are still there. Let's not put it under what you did. Well, I supplied the uh, financial assistance for said balloons. Yeah, the Venmo's in your account. I still haven't fulfilled that. <laughs> <laughs> No, so, uh, no, but it was so funny because you were like, hey, did you get your birthday thing? Yeah. Did you get your birthday, whatever? And I was like, yeah, because they got me the card and the gift. And then you went immediately to look for the donuts because you were hungry. Mm -hmm. And then today you text or you call me, you go, hey, have you got, have you got lunch? And I was like, well, yeah. And then you're like, all right, I'm going to get lunch for everybody for your birthday and so then hannah and i hung up and we were, and we were laughing because we we're on speaker and she was like it's gonna be like three weeks from now and be like he's gonna want donuts and be like since we didn't get donuts for your birthday let's get donuts <laughs> for the team you know what <laughs> this is such trash i i try to do so much I know. As, as a boss you're the best yeah right you, you know what? I'm not I'm not a planner i'm not a you know but i i make up for it in other ways yeah you're great Really, I feel so. I've I've felt celebrated with everybody else. So you are so good. Oh, God, <laughs> are you kidding me right now? I know. I literally I texted you being feeling bad that I didn't appreciate enough what you said. Did you see my text? I did. I didn't read it. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> but um, no, I've been feeling very celebrated All officially right. over the hill. All right, good. Yeah, you're 26. Yeah. Whew. I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what are you? 62. Oh, man. I'm old. And you know what? Keep making fun of me because you know that the, the terrible thing about that ticking time is soon enough, <laughs> your words are going to be used on you. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. all right. Anywho, um, besides that, uh, do you have anything else? Yeah, um, we've been doing this the past, past few weeks, folks. Uh, I just want to say with um, the obvious uh, painful tragedy of everything going on, um, in Gaza right now, Doctors Without Borders has been doing, um, you know, as good a job as any getting medical supplies uh, to people who desperately, desperately need it and have needed it for quite some time. Uh, if you'd like to donate and find a way to uh, contribute, uh, go to doctorswithoutborders.org. You can follow them at Doctors Without Borders. And uh, yeah, so check them out. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is uh, time to talk with my buddy, Dexter Patterson. What is good, sir? Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Man, living live the dream, Tyler. Living the dream. Are you? <laughs> That's good, dude. All right. What does the dream look like today? Dream looks like today, you know, we had a, I'm, I'm full-time faculty member at the University of Wisconsin. So 
being able to teach those future leaders, those 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 young adults, those badgers that's gonna go out in the world and do incredible things. I just feel like, you know, that that is the dream for me. Um, so we had an amazing lecture this morning in my in my video intro to video production class. Just, I don't know. They just feed, they feed me so much joy every day. I just feel like I'm super lucky to be able to do what I do. I, you know, when you grow up, you have certain dreams and and ultimately you want to do something that doesn't feel like work. Yeah. And it, as hard as I work, I feel like it doesn't feel like a job. You know, like I just feel like every day I show up, it's like I'm going birding every day or something. You know, I, I, I it just they light me up. They fill me up with so much joy, you know, so that's living great, a dream. man. That's cool. And I can't wait to get to the birding aspect of this interview in a second. But before we do, um, uh, what, so tell us about the classes that you teach at UW. Tell us like where you grew up and then um, kind of give us to how you got to the idea of starting, you know, the birding club. Yeah. So right now um, I teach full time in the Department of Life Sciences Communication. So that's in the CALS department here on campus. And our focus is basically teaching people how to use digital tools to communicate science. Um, so for me, I've always kind of been into science. I've always been into communication. I love people. Um, so as I was thinking about what I wanted to do with my career, this really kind of spoke to me, where it was kind of like this blend. I, growing up, they called me digital decks. I was that guy, like, they were like, give him the camera. Let him do this. Let him do that. Oh, he can figure it out. He can build your MySpace page. Yes, I'm kind of old. So it's always kind of been, you know, that skill set. I've always kind of had that skill set. And for me now to be able to teach, so I teach intro to digital video production. I teach radio and podcasting for science communication. And then I teach documentary photography. For the sciences. So it kind of blends all of, you know, what I feel like are my strengths um, as a creator, as, as a teacher, as well as um, gives me that opportunity to show people the opportunity they have to use these tools to tell some amazing stories in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are. So you just you just decided to take the skills that you were literally teaching to do and almost lead by example for what is possible with these with these skills and by combining these things and you have you've you've you know created this cool um in the way i see it um you know a platform to maybe bring in people who may not be um potentially interested or potentially given the avenue or potentially you know just given the opportunity um to bird or even think, yeah. first of all, most people in out there are not birders, you know? And, and you know, when you have a focus on, you know, um, BIPOC and, and kind of, and you bring that that out and you just provide that opportunity, it, it, what was the response like? Like, what, what and why did you decide to uh, um, kind of f uh, frame it the way you framed it? So for me, like birding, you know, I, I always felt like I was kind of scared growing up, right? As, as a man of color, um, I was always afraid that like, if I told people I was this bird nerd, I'd get picked on, right? Like <laughs> live it, live it, you know? So, so my people were like, Dex like birds, birds, right? Like, and like, now I'm like, yes, birds. But like, there was this fear factor. And, and, and for me, it was also, Charlie, it was like this, I never saw people that look like me birding, right? Yeah. So like in these traditional spaces, you know, they're older people, older white dudes usually, yeah. right? With the funny um, ass hats yeah, and the yeah. big and boots, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I got them all too now, which is kind of <laughs> funny, but I, I wear them with a little different type of swag. You feel yeah, me? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, but it was, uh, it was this opportunity where I was like, I don't see people like me out here and I feel like representation matters. So I was like, as I'm out birding and like, this was especially true during the pandemic. I noticed like, and, and maybe you can relate to this, like the lack of human interaction was like really doing something to me. And mm -hmm. 
you know, being cooped up and I was like, I got to get outside. Right. Like, and, and that's when I really started to see the power. And I always tell people birding is not about the birds. And the reason why I say that is I started to notice that my, my mental health was getting better. Um, my physical health was getting better. You know, I'm hiking some days, hours at a time. Right. And you don't even notice it. So I started feeling better about myself. And I was like, I'm freaking happy. So like when I'm out there and I'm like, I call it bird joy. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I see something new and I like get all excited and kind of get all giddy. Right. And I was like, dude, I got to share this with more people. So I started thinking about, you know, I mentioned having these skills, you know, knowing social media well, knowing how to use video, audio, all these different things. And I started saying, you know what? I want to start sharing these moments in real time with people so they can see that birding is for them. Right. And that was kind of like my spark of like, if this makes me feel this good, if I can get one other person to like go out and maybe they feel a little bit better, or maybe they realize, oh man, I've never been to this natural area. You know, what that was one thing I was like, there are all these beautiful places around me and I've never been to them before. Whether it's our amazing parks, these nature conservancies and wetlands and all these beautiful places. And I'm like, they've been in my backyard the whole time and I'm like, not there. Right. Like, and yeah. it was just like, it opened up a world for me where I was like, wow, like not only do I want to share what this makes me feel like, but I want to share that like it's bigger than the birds, man. It's it, the, the state of Wisconsin. is just absolutely beautiful. And I was like, let's get more people outside. Yeah. And I especially think, you know, as sort of technology has brought a lot of us inside or to the point where we really don't need to leave, you know, someone brings us our food with Instacart, you know, or we, if we <laughs> go to the grocery store, we even check out, we don't go to the per that we don't go to the cashier. We miss these little human interactions. But then beyond that, like when we're out, like, it's almost like from a mental health perspective, God gave us a pretty solid antidepressant and that is like Mm. nature and um and that i'm not saying that from a hippie perspective as much as i'm saying it from a scientific perspective the uh ability nature and being uh in some sense of nature for a certain amount of time drops cortisol levels reduces stress that over time reduces like the health care we are all paying you know um into a system. So having these natural spaces um, is something that is good for the, is so much more than just people who love nature. It's good for the economy. It's good for people's mental well-being. I mean, it, it, it's just, can we find a way to convince enough people who can do building developments on them before they do the developments, you know? Mm. That's me on a tangent right there. But I think what you're doing is super cool and I love how you're finding maybe um, a group of folks who hasn't been historically had access to such um, cool uh, like nature, uh, nature, you know, just nature uh, in general and then um, introducing that because we found a way as a society to kind of take it away in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that, that's what we want to do is we kind of want to break that cycle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and show, I mean, there was a long time in this country where black people weren't even welcome to our national parks. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I think a lot of people don't associate that with why maybe they don't want to go to a park. Right. Like it's kind of like over the years, you talk about family vacations and where you may go. A lot of times it's not a national park. And hopefully that starts to change for some folks, you know, but there's also fear factors for many people of color going into the woods. Right. A lot of people fear what they don't understand. Um, You got a history of lynching and like it's a really deep history of why there are so many reasons why a lot of people of color avoid nature, avoid the woods and different things. And it's beyond that it's not beautiful, right? Like it is gorgeous. And once people get out there, they're like, holy cow, it does open up your mind, whether, you know, forest bathing is real, right? You talked about the cortisol levels and different things. Research as a scientist, right? 
Um, there is research out there that proves that hearing bird calls and sounds bring down anxiety. There's like a whole movement of mindful birding that's going on in the world right now because of that link. And I can't tell you enough, I'm having a rough day. I take a hike on Picnic Point Charlie on here on campus or something. Yeah. I come back and I'm like, oh, like it's tangible. It's palpable. So um, I just I want people to understand it's for you. I always tell birding. I always tell my members birding is for everyone, even you. If you've never been there, at least try it. And and that's the reason I kind of take this low key, you know, slightly scientific approach to it. Right. Because I feel like a lot of times it could be super intimidating. Mm -hmm. It can be like a lot of these traditional birding spaces. You go there they expect you to have all the answers. Like if you ask a question and maybe it's a silly question, like, what is that bird? And, and it's an American robin and they make you feel like you're dumb. Right. Maybe you don't know. Right. right. Like, and that's, like, maybe you don't know that's a black cap chickadee. Maybe you don't know that's a downy woodpecker or a hairy woodpecker or dark eyed junco. Right. All birds you can see right now. Uh, so, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, we're always like I always tell people you don't need to be a pro. We go on hikes. Sometimes we can have 40, 50 people that show up and half of them have never been birding before. Guess what I tell them? If you point at a bird, you're being helpful. Yeah. And guess what that does for them? They, ah, uh, right. Like it, they, they don't, they're not afraid to ask a question. Right. right. They, they, they just kind of live in a the moment. They're present. They're learning along the way. And they feel like, Hey, I can do this. Right. We, and we have kids, parents are bring their kids. And I'm like, please let your kids run, let them roll in the grass, let yeah. them pick flowers. Right. Like, that's how you get them interesting. That's also like this tangent of birding isn't about the birds. It's about getting outside. It's about community, right? It, it, there's so many different levels. And I'll, I'll, I'll like, hey, break out the Seek app, right? S-E-E-K. Learn that plant, right? And, and learn these different things. Some people just love hiking and the birds are the bonus. And I'm like, that is amazing, right? Like, right. come for the hike. It doesn't matter. You're outside. Man, I remember when Pokemon Go became a thing, you know, mm. and everyone's going out there with their phone. <laughs> and I mean, hey, it gets them outside, whatever. But I mean, like birding is the original Pokemon Go, you know, it like, is. You, you can like you can see like a lot of cool, cool birds if you just look and uh, you brought up apps too. Um, the Merlin app, I brought it up on... Dang, it's cool. For those of you who don't know, I think I brought up on the show before. Merlin is a cool app where you just open it up. I think it's Cornell Researchers. And yep. you can have it listen to what's going on around. It'll hear bird noises. It'll tell you what bird's there. And then so you can start looking for where that bird might be. I mean, it's it's cool, man. I love you it. You know, imagine sitting outside on your porch. You don't have no clue what you're hearing, right? People always hear these little chirps. You open up the Merlin app, and next thing you know, and then the picture pops up. And yeah. then you're like, oh, that's what that is, right? Yeah. It's like these light bulb moments that kind of happen. That is so cool to me, right? And, and I always say, they're always like, Dexter, how do you know all these birds? I said, one bird, one call at a time. Like, 100%. literally. Like, that's it. That is literally it. I try one bird one call at a time and, and and just take that pressure off yourself you don't need to be a pro you just don't yeah. need to be a pro if you're paying attention i tell people people be like well what makes me a birder i said are you paying attention to birds you're a birder yeah you don't need a camera you don't need binoculars you don't need fancy equipment all you need to do is just pick up your head and pay attention and you're birding. right, right. It's very, very low, um, low barrier to entry to do it. And uh, it's just such a, such a fun thing. Like I remember this one time I was out with that little app on my phone and I heard, I saw in there, there, there was woodpeckers mm. and, um, um, you know, I read, red, red bellied, I, no, it wasn't a red bellied woodpecker. Um, 
I used to think it was a red-bellied woodpecker. And this is kind of a good explanation for how I love birding and I still mess this stuff up all the time. And maybe you can help me. So it's the little woodpecker with the um, black and white feathers, the white belly, the red little mohawk on the head. It's a small yeah, one. It's so about the, a little more than a hand inside. Yeah. So that, what that is, is the downy woodpecker. The downy woodpecker. I knew it was laundry. I always think laundry. <laughs> I, and that, that's an easy one for a lot of like people to remember. And I screw it up, you know. Um, but man, I saw it on the app. And I looked up. I was like, where is that sucker? And I looked up. It wasn't just one. It was like a whole family of these woodpeckers and they were like going into this hollowed out piece of wood in one side and they were going out the other and then flying around to the other side they were just playing game with this hollowed out piece of wood in the tree <laughs> and it, it, it was just so fun i just sat there and watched it you know for for a minute uh, but it's a great entertainment and if you got binoculars which you don't need to have but if you got them man <laughs> you can get you can get pretty tight on those things it's cool Hey, another another fun fact, that little red stripe that you see, that's how yeah. you know it's a male. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. can. All right. So can you explain this uh, for folks? Why is it the male birds are often the coolest in color mm -hmm. and then the female birds may have some more like subdued colors? Because guess who controls yes or no in the breeding process? The, the female, ladies. right? Yeah. So the male, they're going to try to look as fancy and as bright as possible. Like, hey, look at me. You should mate with me. Not this one over here. <laughs> My mohawk is a little redder than that dude. You know what I mean? Like, hey. <laughs> so wood ducks are a great example of that. Right. Yeah. The male, the male wood duck is the most colorful duck in North America. Beautiful, beautiful ducks, right? Oh, God. So Just beautiful. so, so beautiful. In the way that they established that color was over time, the female wood duck, who is absolutely gorgeous in her own right as well, um, she tries to find the most bold, bright, most beautiful colored male to mate with. Because what that tells her is this is going to give me healthy offspring. So over generations of the female selecting only the brightest, you know, healthiest looking males, it has created this lineage, right? This DNA of these just gorgeous male wood ducks because of the female. So the males look fancy and colorful thanks to their female partner. And is it also true that the females are more of the earth tone colors so when they're protecting the nest hawks it's kind of a camouflage it is it's nature's camouflage as well because a lot of time and there are a lot of birds that that both spend times on the nest but most of the time it's the female birds and it does help give them more camouflage especially during the nesting season um what bird got you into birding like what Ugh. what was it do you look? You see this little dude right here? So this the osprey. Right? Oh yeah, up the north, osprey. man. Yeah, the osprey did it. Did it for me. I, I and this is what I would call my spark bird. So if you hear somebody talking about a spark bird, it's that bird that lit that fuse, right? That sparked them and really made them want to learn more. And for me, it was the osprey. And at the time, this is this is over a decade ago. I come across, this is kind of right when social media videos are kind of taken off and I'm kind of, I have all kind of always been interested in the space and I'm scrolling and all of a sudden I see this bird. I, at the time, Charlie, I didn't know what I was looking at, right? I had no clue. This is an osprey. All I see is this big old bird. And I'm like, what is this thing, right? And at the time, this bird is just, just darting down towards the water. And I remember just being like, what is this? You know, what, is, what is happening right here, right? So yeah. I'm like that little emoji where your head's blowing up. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. What I mean? yeah. Like I'm literally like that. I'm just like staring at this bird and I'm like, what is happening right now? Why is it going so fast? And why is it flying towards the water? Yeah. Right? And uh -huh. it's just going, it's going, it's going, and it's getting closer and closer. And I start getting a little anxious because I'm like, this bird getting really close to the water 
going head first this fast and i'm starting to get a little anxious like what is happening here what is like what is happening here and then all of a sudden it locks out his big old talents. I mean, if you see an Osprey, they have the most gnarly looking talents ever. Yeah. I mean, they are just long. They're curved. You don't want to be on the business side of that. Let's uh-uh. just see. <laughs> <laughs> so they lock, they, they lock in the talons, and then all of a sudden it hits the water. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, again, that emoji, my head's blowing up, and I'm freaking out. Because I'm like, this bird's going to drown. <laughs> like I'm like all these thoughts going through my head. I'm like, this freaking bird is gonna drown. It's putting like, itself out of misery. Yeah, I was like, what is happening? You know, and, and so I just keep watching, and I'm watching. And I'm like, why am I watching this? I start questioning myself too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then all of a sudden, his head pops out of the water, and I'm like, it didn't drown. Right? Like it did drown. It starts shaking his head a little bit. Birds hate to be wet, by the way. Um, but next thing you know, it starts flapping its wings, flapping its wings and flapping its wings. And it comes out of the water with a big ass fish. I'm talking about it's on here. Like this is literally the spark bird moment where the osprey comes out of the water and just flies away with this huge <laughs> trout. I was done. Like literally that day I said, First of all, what was that? So I started researching. I started trying to figure out what this bird is. I said, I need to know what that bird is. And I was like, I need to know what else. All these other birds. Like, it was that moment where I was like, that bird made me want to know as much about all birds as possible. And then as I started researching, I realized that ospreys actually are in Wisconsin. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I can actually see this bird near me, <laughs> I started freaking out, dude. Like, I was like, that's it. Like, that was the moment where I said, I, I, I need to know. Like, I was like, I'm a bird nerd. That day forward, I was like on a mission, <laughs> like literally on a mission. And, and that was the moment, man. That's super cool. I love that. So I, re- I remember um, I was fishing up north this past year and I saw one of those ospreys go down and come up. First of all, I'm sitting there fishing walleyes and I've been fishing walleyes and I've been fishing the walleyes deep in the depths, you know, over a hump because they there's a hump down there and they usually wait for the, the feed to go down the hump. And so I'm fishing on the bottom, dragging a leech or something or shooting like a rattling bait over there. And then all of a sudden, I see this osprey go down uh, and come up with a walleye, and it was it was toward the surface. I was like, I didn't think the walleyes were toward, you know, and it wasn't <laughs> like a wounded one or either. I would have seen it flapping, but it was like right in front of my boat too. So wow. I was like, it, I was just amazed by their fishing capabilities, you know, and uh, and. Yeah, to see one come up with that because a walleye is a big fish, man. It's like that trout on your hat, you know. Yeah, once um, it, and and it's like an explosion. When, yeah, you remember when it hit the water? It's like boom, right? And then like all of a sudden they're gonna come out of the water like it's nothing and just fly away. Yeah, they don't need bait to catch fish, you know. They're just. No. <laughs> I mean, they're so just- impressive. Hey, folks! Uh, Thanksgiving is you know like pretty much here. And everybody knows before Thanksgiving, you got the Friendsgiving, Mm -hmm. which I never do. Kelly, you do that? Mm -hmm. I just don't care. But some people do care. Yeah. And if you do care and want to have a Friendsgiving, make sure you bring yourself some Jolly Good Soda with. Because you want to have them same friends next year, you bring some Jolly Good Soda, you'll have them plus Or if you don't care, an easy way to bring something is bringing a Jolly Good. That's true. Like, usually people have to bring their own thing. Like, I'm definitely like a main dish and you're jolly good i'm a jolly good because you're a jolly good time i'm a jolly good time i do also keep it in my car just in case and it's refrigerated it's the season now where like if you keep something in your car it'll be refrigerated so it's not even like the lukewarm hot summer day jolly goods it's a nice crisp nice crisp now if it gets a little too cold though take them out your car be careful because you don't want them to freeze uh and then explode all over your car that would be a sticky situation Regardless, Regardless, folks, Jolly Good is the thing you can bring to make your family and your friends thankful for you 
this Thanksgiving. Also, folks, Fleet Farm. Holy smokes, take a deep breath in. You made it. Hunting season is back. And all great hunts start at the Fleet Farm. They've got a huge selection of hunting gear and deals on everything you need to make this year's hunt the best one. You'll have gear you can trust to get the job done, and you'll be able to show off that big buck, that big old buck you'll get this year. Don't get caught leaving the woods empty-handed. Set yourself up for success right from the get-go at the Fleet Farm. I was just at the Fleet Farm not too long ago getting a new scope because I ran over my old one with my car. Someone say you're scoping out some scopes. Some could say that. I did scope some scopes, and I purchased one. I didn't you scooped get a, up a scope. I scooped up a scope. I didn't get an expensive one, though. You scoped out some fair prices for a new scope and you scooped it up at the fleet farm hey that's dr seuss i don't know that's not that good dr coco and then he goes oh 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 it's a scope (laughs) are you done (laughs) yeah (laughs) find it at the fleet farm (laughs) folks i tell you what uh we've best way to support the podcast go to cripescast.com click on the merch section We've got some real humdinger things coming out. Like I got a new album coming out with Adam Gruel, mm-hmm. Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. It's coming Dive Bar out. Dinner. Dive Bar Dinner. You can pre-order it now. Yep. We'll um, put the link in the show notes. Very excited about it. It's actually, it's a very fun album. It'd be great to get ahead with Christmas. You can buy the the vinyl. It does come in vinyl. You can buy the CD uh, for anyone still with a 2005 Corolla. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can buy whatever. Uh, we also have, uh, sweatshirts, t-shirts, whatnot. Check it out. Cripescast.com. Get all your Christmas shopping done and did, uh, in just a few days, right on Cripescast.com folks. Uh, tell your folks, I says, hi, watch out for deer. We got cribbage boards. We got koozies. We got bottle openers, oh, bottle openers, oh, shirts, everything. Check it out. And oh, our, this, this sweatshirt, this sweatshirt, the Ope Christmas tree. It if you got like, an ugly Christmas par- sweater party. Yeah, this is perfect for it's that. Perfect. And so, uh, made in the USA. Most of our stuff is made in the USA. Very rare to find that stuff these days because it's really expensive for me. But we're keeping the prices low for you guys. They are comparable to other prices you see out there. We're doing our best. Support uh, the American manufacturing, low carbon footprint. Whatever you want. So, yeah, there you have it. Now, uh, let's get back to my conversation with Dexter. I I remember the the bird, what did you call that? The spark bird? Yeah. My spark bird, and I also talked about on this podcast before, but the red-breasted merganser. Mm. Oh, my gosh. You know that bird? Oh, yeah. They're I mean, beautiful. So beautiful. They got this... and. I grew up, you know, I did duck hunting. I did all that sort of stuff. I was familiar with teals and wood ducks and this, that, and the other thing. But I had never heard about these red-breasted mergansers. I was just walking along the river in Milwaukee, and I see this duck with a mohawk. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what, that, that dude, like, <laughs> did he accidentally get clipped by a boat propeller? Get like a haircut or something? Is that like a wood duck with a haircut? Uh, no, man, that, that the red-breasted merganser. And you talk about the male-female interaction. You know, mm. it, the one female is swimming around there, got five different males doing the courtship <laughs> dance, ass up, beak up. You know, that's the way they like to do something that rhymes with up. And um, and then the, the, the female just sticks her razor sharp beak right into one of their sides. And that's the one she wants to get freaky with. And it's just such a, a cool thing. And uh, that that's the bird that made me buy binoculars right there. That's what yeah, that was. Yeah, because those displays, right? When they like get up, the oh. man, oh, and they're yeah. nuts. Like, yeah, it, it is, it's intense. They're crazy. <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't leave those female ducks alone, man. No, all, no. The whole reason they eat fish is so they can spend all day following around those lady ducks. You know, I sometimes I see a few female red-breasted mergansers just going by themselves. I just have to imagine they're talking so much smack about like how. How those guys won't leave them alone, man. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, boy, over there. He just yeah. won't leave me. Yeah, yeah. No, it's he, tough. He, he's tough not ready there. for this. He's no. not ready for this. He's not ready for these red breasts, you know? Um, 
which are not even uh well why do they call it the red breasted merganser isn't there some little there's a p- piece yeah, of red so, but only on the males yeah yeah and during and is during the breeding season you really kind of see that red breast especially when they start doing those displays kind of similar to when the loons kind of open up their breasts like that but during that breeding season you really see that red breast pop man loons are free uh, they're cool too i remember this one time that i was um kayaking like way up north my family used to go up north every year and i was just sitting there early in the morning big family one of the babies was up so i got out in the kayak and and or the canoe at that point and i was just going out there sitting in this bay and then all of a sudden all these loons came flying in baby loons the whole deal i guess i don't know how the babies got there because i didn't think they fly no they came popping up out of the water they popped up out of the water that's it and just all they were just surrounding me i was just there and then all of a sudden i made a few movements they didn't care initially and then they all went under again but man that, that those are such cool birds and and i think you start to realize you know i don't see these often you know, yeah. and then why isn't that? And then you look at sort of the habitat loss. And currently, right now, just as a society, birds, we're learning about how much benefit they bring to us. And yet at the same time, uh, we are, there's a songbird shortage. You know, I mean, we, we are losing our birds at an incredible rate because of climate change, because of habitat loss. How much of that stuff... Um, are you concerned about how much advocacy do you feel like you're doing? And um, is the simple act of birding advocacy? It is um, because when you start birding and you start paying attention, you also start to notice habitat, right? Mm-hmm. Or during spring migration, you mentioned the songbirds and all the little warblers start coming back, right? And they're so beautiful. And you start, you start, when you pay attention, you're like, this exists, right? Like, especially when you're new, like I can't imagine like the feeling when you see some of these birds for the first time is just, it's kind of magical in a sense of like, you just didn't know it existed. It's like this portal into these worlds, right? And you start to realize, wow, we start chopping down all these trees. We're chopping down habitat. We're chopping down nesting areas. We're chopping down food sources. You t- you mentioned the loons. Loons are very particular when it comes to water quality, right? Not only do they need a, a big space of water because they need a runway to take off, but they only stop in pristine waters. So if your waters are polluted, the loons are not going to stop. They're not going to be able to fish. They're not going to be able to feed themselves as they're making their way north during the breeding season. Or right now, they're all over Lake Mendota, all over Lake Mendota, because they're making pit stops before they go to their wintering grounds, right? And they stop here. We're lucky we're on the isthmus here on the UW campus, and our lakes are doing good right now. So the loons are are doing fine. The waterfowl here are doing fine. But when we think of water quality, and we start to to ruin that, that's also ruining your fishing. If your fishing is bad, guess what's going to happen? You're not going to see the other apex predators. You're not going to see the osprey. You're not going to see the bald eagles. You're not going to see a lot of these other things. Like it, it, it literally is that circle of life where if one thing in an ecosystem is wrong, it knocks out everything out of order. I know uh, last winter, there was a huge ice storm down south. I don't know if you remember, like Texas, just getting buried in ice. Um, all those southern yep. states getting buried in ice. And we lost millions of songbirds. Millions, right? And we noticed it. You noticed it in the spring where the numbers were low. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, this spring, we saw we saw numbers that, that were more reflective. We saw, we saw some changes. Um, but that the spring before was just awful. I um, mean, and it was a direct reflection of those birds literally dying off in a snow and in, in ice and snowstorms as they're in their wintering ground. So it all matters. Um, all the habitat matters. It, it, it literally is the symbiotic relationship between all these different parts of the ecosystem. And once we and it's usually us as human beings mess up one of them, it impacts all of them. 
It does. I mean, this year, and I don't know how much this can be directly attributed to climate change, but we saw a few very rare birds make their way up to Wisconsin. For <laughs> Wis I mean, we saw flamingos in Sheboygan, for God's sake. What was up with that? Why, why, how, why did the flamingos come here? Was it like the first time they've been here? Have we seen yeah. this before? And then why did they come up this way? Yeah, so the flamingos were actually knocked. They were spread. They were literally spread all over the country uh, from the hurricane. Okay. So the hurricane actually just, they were trying to survive. Um, wow. So they were running from the hurricane. And that literally, when they, when they made it up to Port Washington, that was the first ever state-recorded record in the history of our state of American flamingo. So it was literally a miracle. It's something that had never happened before. Uh, I, when I got that notification, like, dude, I was like, you got in your car. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, it, it was just like one of those moments, like, I'm not like a bird chaser. And, and I always tell people this, but like, if it's like these rare birds you mentioned, the American flamingos, I'm going to try to see that. Yeah. Um, we had a roseate spoonbill that showed up in Green Bay. Um, yeah. Tell I'm people going about to see that. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, that that's another cool one. So tell people about that and then why you think it got to Green Bay. Yeah. So a lot of these, a lot of these birds, um, they're typically younger birds. And it could be a storm. It could be them just getting lost. So one thing about Wisconsin, we're on the Mississippi Flyway. So mm -hmm. there is a chance that a bird can get knocked off course, could be a younger bird, not as experienced, right? And maybe, though, down south, you can see them in Florida. You can see them um, in Georgia, off the coast of Georgia, little St. Simons Island, places like that in large numbers. And they typically hang out with great egrets, you know, great blue herons, which are birds that we get quite often here, right? They're a regular that we see here all the time in Wisconsin. So maybe this one bird gets knocked off course and then he's like flying around. He's like, hey, there goes some egrets. They're yeah. my people, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to hang out with my people because he knows if he sees them, guess what? There's food sources for him. Like, right. they're, 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 you know, and they're usually, they're very social birds. And you'll see them in larger numbers hanging out together. So maybe that getting knocked off course a little bit gets to hanging out with these birds. And then he continues flying north with them because now he's with them. Right. And, yeah. and, and kind of going through the, the migration pattern. But it's typically it's going to be an accident. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's not a I always tell people vagrant vagrant appearances of birds happen all the time in all parts of the world. The one thing that we need to pay attention to are patterns. Okay. So now if he comes back next year and another year and another, now let's start thinking about what is happening here. These ranges of these birds are changing, right? Yeah. Limpkin, the Limpkin is a really good example too. Last summer was the hot Limpkin summer. This summer it was even hotter, right? We, mm. had, we had all these Limpkin sightings all over in these places that Limpkins aren't supposed to be. And Wisconsin was one of the places and people are freaking out. Hot Limpkin summer. This summer, even more sightings of Limpkins. We actually still have one hanging out in Mount Horeb right now at Stewart County Park. Like the dude is still here. Really? Eating all the big apple snails and just loving his, he's loving I'm, his life right now. He's probably you know? like, I mean, it's 60 degrees. I mean, why, why, yeah, why leave, right. you know? Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of wild. So they happen. And I always tell people that is okay. These birds are smart. Right. Flamingos, everybody's worried about them. Oh, are they going to stick around for the, the cold? No, they're not. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, yeah, yeah. they're they're smart. They're, they're going to get up and they're going to go. And there have not been any flamingo sightings in the state of Wisconsin for a month. Right. Right. So like they're gone. Um, yeah. And all these birds eventually their their instincts will kick in. They want to survive. Right. Like and, and they're going to get it. They're going to see other birds taking off. They're going to notice the water starting to freeze and they're going to start freezing their tails off as well. Right. Yeah. So like they kind of, they'll figure it out. And I just tell people don't worry unless it starts to become a pattern and then we can have a different conversation. The American white pelican is another great example, right? You think 20 years ago, nobody's really seeing pelicans in Wisconsin. Just not happening. Now, every Dude. year, 
they breed here now. They're yeah. coming up in large numbers. You see them all over the state. So unlike Winnebago, unlike Winnebago, sorry to cut you off, but there's this entire island that is just white from yeah. pelican crap. You know, it's it's acidified. It, it's it it's gone. It's just a white island now. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, they're here now, and like they literally migrate up and they nest here now. And that wasn't something that you saw, you know, decade, two decades ago. So it changes. And do you think that is uh, attributed to a, a change in climate? Is that basically what that is? I think so. I think it's it's both. I think it's it's definitely habitat loss. It it usually starts there, right? It's usually the habitat loss. It's developments. It's the draining of small lakes and ponds and these wetlands, right? Um, they're building condos on them. They're doing all these, you know all these different things to habitat. So it usually starts with habitat loss and then the change of climate as well. I mean, like you just mentioned, it's 60 degrees in Wisconsin and it's November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the, we're living there, you know, it's the hottest, it's hottest it's ever been really um, now. Uh, and we're seeing that. So um, not only is it habitat loss, but it's also change of climate and, you know, birds want food. And ultimately, yeah. if they if they're going to continue to expand range, they're usually expanding the range because they have to. Um, and there's good food sources, you know, and I think it's it's interesting if if on a very micro level, if people watch the birds on a given day, uh, you you know, before, you know, you know, when a storm is coming because the birds do, mm. do different things when a storm's coming. So, you know, if you get into birding and you're watching birds over time on a macro level, you see the birds start doing something different, you know something's coming. You know, it just gives, it's these more of these hints that, you know, nature kind of gives you. It's like nature, if we pay attention to it long enough, tells us how to act as humans. But, um, you know, that's, that's why I think it's so cool. Uh, the things that you do is connecting as many people as possible to, to nature. Um, you know, it's it's something that we all don't do enough of. And it, it's cool to find different opportunities to do more of it. Um, what uh, what what do you see? Like you just started this social media. Um, when did you start making the the videos and everything? And, and where do you want to take it? Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things where. I didn't know what I wanted to do at at, at one point. I was just kind of like, all right, where's the where's the learning opportunity? Where wh- how can I get more people interested in these little creatures? Right. right? I was like, OK, what can I do? And I felt like I had this unique ability to tell some stories, um, to, you know, include some interesting nuggets. So I just started creating some content. Whether I'm singing, rapping, dancing in the woods, then I will start like helping people like, hey, who wants to help me find this bird or who wants to help me find that bird? And I I honestly just started listening to the people and started paying attention. Okay, they like this. They want more of this. So I started leaning into more of that. And I was like, this is it. You ready? Let's go. Right. This is it. Like, 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 let's go. Let's go on these, these birding adventures. And I started getting these messages, Charlie, from disabled people, from bedridden people, from people not in Wisconsin uh, and saying, dude, I love going birding with you. So it was like this accessibility factor that kind of really lit me up where I was like, "Okay, there's something here. There is something here. Um, And then people started saying, I see myself in you, you know, like they're like, Dude, you're not, you don't look like what I think a birder looks like. And then I was going to say, birding is for everyone. You know what I mean? And like, I kind of want, and I was like, try and make it cool. You know, try yeah, to make yeah. birding cool. You know, my daughters would probably say, dad, you're not cool. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but really trying to like turn it on its head a little bit. And I always feel like there's more people like me. Um, that just want, maybe didn't know everything or more people out there in the world that don't know that something is for them that haven't realized that there are beautiful parks out there and they're for you. There are all these protected resources and natural areas that are out there and they're for you. And there's a lot more people in that bucket than the experts. So I started saying, all right, I feel like I can reach the masses, right? 
and and, and start to like market birding to the, these people that may have never thought about it ever before. Um, and and that was it. That that was kind of like the the motivation, and then just kind of plugging away and, and and finding something that works, and and, and trying to make sure that I'm offering value, but I'm also still staying true to Dexter, right? And, and having some fun, nerding out in the woods, you know, just being a bird nerd and, and just, you know, doing it my own way, you know? And I feel like that was, that was the calling of like, you know what? I'm not going to do it like everybody else. I'm not going to tell you to be quiet in the woods when you go birding with me. I'm going to clap. We're going to yeah. celebrate when we see something new. We're going to get excited, right? And we're going to laugh and we're going to have fun and like show people it doesn't need to be so stuffy. It should be fun. Right. It should be joyful um, because if it's fun and it's joyful, you start to care. And if you yeah. start to care, right, you start to care about not only the bird, but where they live, you know, yeah. what habitats. And and, and, and that's what is it's just this whole symbiotic relationship and that was it man and like honestly that's the driving force as well as getting more people of color more people from underrepresented groups outside together with allies with people that want a more diverse equitable outdoor experience in the state of wisconsin because it is so beautiful you know and like the more people we can get outside i just feel like the more we can protect this beautiful state that we have and it's cool that, you know, birding for as much, you know, guff as, you know, we can give like being right here on your phone as opposed to out there. But right here on your phone, that's sort of where you got that inspiration. You know, mm -hmm. that's where you got your initial hit um, with that Osprey. And so you that it makes sense that you go right here to give other people that hit, you know, because you're meeting people right where they are. Everyone's yeah. right here. And then this is sort of your door and then you, you, you show them the window and, and you can, you, we can walk out of that window, you know, like, yeah. like, uh, or just the back door, I suppose you go in their front door, take them out the back door into the yard. Maybe that's a better yeah, analogy, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, uh, it's super, super cool, man. And, um, you know, birding kind of is going through maybe this bit of a renaissance right now even john oliver do you see john oliver's latest yeah. episode save <laughs> yeah. the bird so um take it how, how do you say the name of that bird again puda keteki puda teteki the puda teteki i i can't even say it right um but the so john oliver you know decided that this was the bird that uh he wanted to win um new zealand's uh oh, yeah, the bird, birding, of, the year. bird yeah. of the year bird of the century <laughs> and so and then he chose manitowoc wisconsin as one of the cities where he would buy a billboard pushing uh this bird through you know <laughs> and uh it's such a cool thing i think he kind of um he kind of threw the whole campaign a little bit off kilter i think he really opened the lid for the puta to Puta tete, however you say it, and I should know. But um, yeah, did you see that billboard in Mantuak at all? I did not. I did not. Uh, I heard about it though. Yeah, it, but I I think things like that it's really cool because uh, you know it just draws more awareness for these rare birds, and even though they're in maybe in a different place, uh, their health is indicative of the health of birds throughout the world so it's yeah. uh it's it's a different element of you know kind of what you're doing raising awareness and all of that um i guess uh we don't have a ton of time left but um where do you hope this all goes like do you have an end goal in mind or are you just living the dream right now and taking this one bird at a time yeah, honestly, that's that's kind of it is just trying to cultivate one more bird nerd at a time, you know, living the dream one bird at a time, just kind of sharing more stories, learning as much as I can. I just want to get more people out there paying attention. Um, that is the ultimate goal is just however that can happen. Maybe it goes to a bigger scale someday. Awesome. Right. But 
ultimately is just let's get more bird nerds. Let's cultivate that. Let's build this flock. Um, and I love it, you know, and that that's what it is. We'll see where our club goes. Maybe maybe we take it national. There's a lot of things that we've been thinking about. Um, maybe maybe taking this movement outside of the state of Wisconsin. I have some incredible friends in the birding world that that have some big dreams too. So who knows, right? Um, you know, who knows? You know, National Geographic, holla at your boy. You know, yeah, PBS. You know, all these. You know, you know if they want to do. You know, I think about it when I first started going from, you know, 20, 50 views to having millions now, which is kind of wild to think about it. Like yeah. millions of people, millions of video views just talking about birds, me nerding out about birds. You know, what I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of wild, you know, just thinking about it. And years ago, had no expectations. I didn't know. It was just more of like, I feel good and I want to share this with the world. Maybe this makes somebody else feel better. And now it's really kind of opened up the door. I'm an educator as well. So always going to be looking to teach as a lifelong learner. So being able to teach people about birds also is something that really excites me. Always learning. You never know um, what's out there. So that is the end goal, Charlie, is just let's get as many bird nerds as possible. Continue to have fun. Continue to educate as many people as I can about our feather friends and who knows where that might go. I love that, man. I'd love to do a birding uh, video with you. Uh, we, we should, we should think of an idea. I've been trying to think of that. Uh, you got any ideas, any, anything that, that you think would be fun off the top of your dome, man, you know, who wants to go birding with me and Charlie? Oh, that could be Let's fun. Go. Yeah. And and we just kind of maybe maybe it's wherever, you know, Manitowoc or anywhere, maybe a stop along the way in the state of Wisconsin here on campus. Yeah. Come back. We got some beautiful places here. Um, but let's get out there, man, and, and just have some fun, be ourselves. And ultimately, that's what it's about. You know, that's yeah. how I bird. Come as yeah. you are and just be you. Um, I think it could be pretty epic. We might break the internet, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it, it, we might break the internet. Oh. <laughs> nope. Better plug it back in, you know? Turn it, better pull it, turn it off, blowing it, put it back in. Yeah, yeah. Treat it like a Sega Genesis from the yeah, 90s. Yeah. Blow yeah. it up. <laughs> <laughs> 90s kids will get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh well this is this has been super fun, man. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you wish I would have? No, you know, I just I want people to understand. People always ask me, you know, if I never went birding before, like what should I do? Yeah. And the first thing I would tell them is you don't need to be a pro. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just show up and pay attention, right? Pay attention. Once you start to pay attention, pay attention to the movement. They're going to be moving in the sky, right? Like the osprey coming down. They're going to be in the trees. They're going to be in bushes. They're going to be on the ground. They're going to be in water, right? So looking for movement. And then that last piece is just listen for the music. Mm -hmm. Listen for the music um, because they're going to make some beautiful sounds and calls. And if you're just showing up, taking the pressure off yourself, giving yourself a little grace and you're just paying attention, you're looking for movement and you're listening to the music, you're going to have a lot of fun, right? You're going to see a lot more birds than you typically realize that are around you at any good given time. And you're probably going to want to do it again. So that's what I would say to people. You want to go birding, it's those three simple steps and then you take it from there. I love it, man. That was great. Dexter, thanks so much for, for coming on. And if people want to find you, uh, what, um, where, what, how can they follow you? I would say check me out on all the social medias at Wisco Birder. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, and then if you want to come out birding with me, um, check out our, our birding club, uh, BIPOCBirdingClub.org. Everybody is welcome. Um, you know, like I said, as long as you believe, and trying to create a more welcoming, diverse, and equitable outdoor experience, out you know, more equitable, inclusive birding experience, and and you want that type of experience, please come and join us. We'd love to have you. 
Awesome, man. Well, I look forward to joining you, uh, hopefully in the very near future here. And um, yeah, man, uh, it's, it's going to be fun. I love it. Let's go. All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. Um, this will be out this week. And then, um, you know, let, I'm going to find some time where I can get up and we can do like a little video or something together. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Well, good luck at your class uh, coming up here. And we'll talk thank to you, you soon. Thank you so much. All right, man. Take Peace. care. Bye-bye. Folks, there you have it. Make sure you follow Dexter uh, at Wisco Birder. Make sure you follow the BIPOC Birding Club. You go to BIPOCBirdingClub.org. Follow Cripescast at Cripescast anywhere you get your podcast. Find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. Colleen, thank you so much. Charlie, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's all, yes. And happy birthday once again. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you follow Colleen. Colleen, <laughs> what's your social media? At what is it? Colleen Maraca. I should have known that. Yeah. Uh, follow her, folks. <laughs> follow Charlie if you haven't already. Yeah, at Charlie, Charlie Barons. Yeah. Shout out to Hannah Milos who is editing this podcast. I'm super sorry. All right, thank you all. <laughs> I will see you next week on the Cripes Cast. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down. Just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot into walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you gotta keep her moving. <laughs>